Hi, everybody. This is Mark Lowry, and you're listening to my good friend Steve Webb right here on the LifeSpring Podcast. LifeSpring, number 102. Cabin crew, prepare for immediate departure. Quiet on the set. Quiet, people. In three, roll tape. Two, rolling. One. Hey, what's up? Good to see you. From our studio. <laughs> and now your host. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hello, hello. Welcome. Hey, good to see you. Welcome to Life Spring. My name is Steve Webb, and I'm your host. Now, if this is your first time listening, as it may very well be, thank you for dropping by. I hope that this is only the first of many Life Spring shows for you. Hey, this show is the original the first in the LifeSpring family of podcasts. The younger siblings in the family are In Touch With God's Character, The Weekend Music Show, Hymn Stories, and LifeSpring Sunday. Check them all out at LifeSpringPodcast.com. I'm really glad you're here because I've got a great show for you today. I've got a very special guest joining us from Texas in the United States of America. Hey, it's easy to contact me. If you would like to send an email to me and ask me a question, you can do that at steve.lifespring at gmail.com, or you can call the listener comment line at, and you might want might just want to put this into your speed dial on your cell phone, 206-350-CALL. Or you can Skype me. If you don't know what Skype is, don't worry about it. But if you do, Skype me at lifespring underscore podcast. And a lot of times uh, it says that I'm in, but when I walk away from the computer, I forget to to change the little icon there that says I'm I'm gone or something. So if, if if you try to Skype me and I don't answer, it's not because I'm being rude or because I'm ignoring you. It's because I'm re- not really there, even though Skype thinks I am. All right. Hey, I realize that Southern Gospel is not everyone's cup of tea, but that's okay. Don't hit the stop button on your listening device yet. I'm not going to play. Well, I'll play one at the very end of the show. But if you're familiar with Bill Gaither or the Bill Gaither vocal band, or if you've ever seen one of the Gaither family reunion shows, you probably know my guest for today. If you don't know Mark Lowry, you are in for a treat. Now, if you do know Mark Lowry, you may be surprised by what you hear today. Not only is Mark Lowry a very talented singer... Would surely be me I thought I could be All I wanted to be I thought I could build On life's sinking sand But I can't and a very funny man. Thrown to the floor, and on the way to the floor, I grabbed the curtains and looked outside, and lightning was flashing, and rain was flying sideways, and I thought, isn't that pretty? <laughs> My ADD kicked in for just a second there. And then I realized, I'm going to die. And I felt my way to the front of the boat, and it was still bucking and rocking. And I looked over at Pier 2. I'm on Pier 1. And I looked over at Pier 2. And the lightning. And he's a very gifted songwriter. baby boy will one day walk on water. 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your... Now, he's also a pretty deep thinker as well, with a way of expressing himself that can, well, just stop you in your tracks. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip all the biographical information. I'll have a link on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com to Mark's website if you want to know more. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I had the pleasure of being introduced to Mark Lowry via email by Callie Lewis of Geek Brief TV fame. Callie and her husband, Neil, were guests at Mark's home in Texas when we were trading some emails, Callie and I, and I mentioned that I would love to have Mark on the show. Voila, the next thing I know, I'm trading emails with Mark. Thank you, Callie, for helping me to make this happen. Now, if you're not familiar with Geek Brief TV, you need to treat yourself. I'll have a link on the show notes page for her show as well. One thing, though, when you hear Callie's GoDaddy discount code, disregard that. (laughs) The only GoDaddy discount codes you need are LS1, which gets you 10% off any order, LS2, which gets you an additional $5 off any order over $30, or LS3, which gets you .com domain names for only $6.95 a year. GoDaddy for all your domain name and website tools. And as long as we're doing commercials, let's listen to another finalist in the Earthlink Challenge, and then we'll get right into my conversation with Mark Lowry. Now, Earthlink got some bad press when they announced that they were installing uh, free Muni Wi-Fi access in New Orleans. Did you hear about this? You read it in the news. People started blogging and saying, great, now they have free Internet, but no food or shelter. You know, as if that was somehow Earthlink's fault. Okay. Now, if I'm a large company looking to do something to help people in need, Okay, and I know how to do a thing, uh, internet service, for example. Don't you think that's what I'd bring to the table and offer up? Hmm, maybe? Why would Earthlink offer to rebuild houses or provide food when they have no expertise in those fields, right? I, for one, think it's great that they're doing something down there. But you know who fought them? The telcos. The cable companies, of course. Thinking about a new internet provider? Give Earthlink a try. At least they're trying to help and not get in the way of progress. Well, you know, it's very interesting you say that because the minute I heard about a website, I got one. Is that right? Yeah, and I started blogging before I knew what that word was. Uh, yeah. I called it my ramblings. Right. And they go, and they go back to I was October 2000. How did you find out about podcasting? How did you get into it? Well, I discovered blogging first, and that led to podcasting, I think. I don't remember the first one. You don't remember the first podcast you listened to? No, I don't. I, list, I started listening to a lot of them all at once. Okay. Or at least downloading them, and I'd listen to about two minutes, and if they were boring, I never listened again. But but I found some good ones, Geek Brief TV. There you go. Well, that's how you and I met. That's how Callie. you and I met. <laughs> Callie, that's right. And I, and I, because I'm a geek, and I love gadgets, I love any kind of show like that. And I wrote her one time and just said, would you slow down? You talk too fast. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm 48, and I, I can't think that quickly. <laughs> and uh, she wrote back and said, "Wow, uh, you're we're big fans of yours. Me and my husband, you're our church. Every twice a week we have Gaither night. Oh, really? And watch Gaither videos, and that's their church. Uh huh. And then they came to visit me last weekend. Well, that must have and, been fun. Oh, that was a blast. I learned so much. It was a geek weekend. You know, they were teaching me so many things." Yeah, and then we'd sit on this back porch and I'd talk to them about God and stuff because 
That's one of my favorite subjects. And we just had a wonderful time, you know, of just giving information back and forth. And I told them that there's got to be a church in Dallas that they would fit into. There are so many good churches in Texas. Well, if you die and go to hell from Texas, it's your fault. <laughs> no there's kidding. a church on every corner. Well, very good. So you are a geek. I'm a geek. How long have you been a geek? Since the first Macintosh came out. I had one of the first ones. I had a three, it's a 385K or something like that. Yeah. I remember the first computer that I ever really dealt with was a Macintosh. It was um, at a church that I was attending. I was one of the offering counters, and they kept their uh, their their offering records on this little Apple IIe, and uh, yeah. that was the first computer. And to me, it's just another great tool. You know, like for instance, I people call me a comedian. Well, I don't I don't like the word because I don't think I am. I think I'm a storyteller. A comedian tells three jokes, changes the subject, tells three jokes, and you can leave his concert and never know anything about him. Yes. But I I prefer Bill Cosby because when I leave his concert, which I've been to one, it, it reminded me a lot of what I do in the sense that you know all his family. He's introduced you to everybody. And uh, now I go, I'm a little different from him in the fact that I have an agenda which I really think all comedians have an agenda. Even if it's just to make you laugh, that's the agenda. I call it what I do, humor with a punch. I'm going, I'm going somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you a story, and I'm hoping to lay you at the feet of Jesus before it's over. And so that's the agenda. You do that so well, too. In just a few words, you can make people sit back and say, oh, I never thought of it that way. Isn't that great? Thank it you is, for that. What a nice great. thing to say. <laughs> oh, well, you know, since since I found that you had a podcast, I've just been amazed at just in like one and a half minutes, you can take somebody from laughing to just stopping in their tracks and saying, oh, wow, I never saw it quite that way. Well, I want people to love God as much as he loves us. And I think he's God's gotten a real bad reputation in the last few years and probably in the last 2000. And I think that we've got to look at that Bible through the lens of Jesus. You've got to, if you believe like I, I mean, if you're a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, I'm not saying if you don't believe in Jesus, you know, whatever you want to think, it's up to you. But if you really are, want to follow Jesus, which I really do, i got to look at that Old Testament and that book of Revelation. And that when when he comes out with a flaming sword and all, I, I still look at it through the lens of Jesus. I, I read the red part of the Bible. When I left the vocal band, I really took time to read the red part of the Bible. And I just fell in love with this Jesus I had feared all those years. Because he's nothing to fear. Anybody who'd love you enough to die for you is in your corner. And, uh, and also look at who he revealed himself to. The first person he revealed himself to in the Bible, John chapter 4, was the town slut. The Samaritan woman, which is like the worst thing you could call someone, a Samaritan. The next worst thing you could call someone is a woman. And that day, they were the lowest of the... You could not find anyone lower. And so what I'm saying is, here's Jesus. It doesn't take 12 guys to go get lunch. Jesus sent all 12 of them away to get lunch. Because he knew he was fixing to meet the woman at the well. This woman who had been married five times, was living with a man that wasn't her husband. She got her water in the heat of the day because she didn't want to run into the respectable women who looked down on her. And guess who shows up in the middle of the day? God does. And he says, I'm what you're looking for. 
You know, ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with you, but you've been drinking at the wrong well. You're thirsty. That's your only problem. And I'm going to give you water so you won't thirst again. He did not condemn her. He loved her. And, uh, and then she became the first evangelist in the Bible, a woman. She went and won her whole town to Christ. That's right. The town tramp. And that's what I love about him. The first person he said, I'm the Messiah. Wasn't his mama, wasn't his daddy, wasn't Peter, James, John, Mary Magdalene, all the heroes of the Bible. It was this woman we never hear from again, but we, but everything we know about her ain't good. Except that God changed her. You know, and that's good. You, you mentioned, uh, he didn't condemn her. And that's one of the things I've mentioned on my show is really, Jesus did not condemn sinners. Well, what is the most popular verse in the Bible? Well, probably John 3.16. John 3.16. Yeah, for God's You know John 3.17? For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's right. And if he, who has every right to condemn, didn't do it, why are we? Yeah, and who was it that he did come against in the Bible? Oh, yeah, Matthew 23. Oh, when he looked at the Pharisees, there you go. The, the self-righteous of his day, and said, you're polished on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. You go clear around the world making disciples, and you make them twice as fit for hell as yourself. You take God's law, which is supposed to be like a buffet, where people are coming to eat. They're supposed to eat. All people are supposed to come eat. But you bundle it into rules. You load people down like pack animals. And when they fall beneath the load, you don't even lift a finger to help them up. Who does that sound like? Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've tried so hard on this show is to let people, well, I, I talk about sharing the message of hope, love, and good news. And I think that's what believers are supposed to do. We're not supposed to go around pointing fingers and say, hey, stop doing that and stop doing this. And it's good news to the poor, the, lo the least of these. I mean, Jesus loves the least of these. Mm -hmm. And the gospel was good news for the poor. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and when we think about it, that's all of us. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're all poor. None of us really can has anything to offer. No. Everything. Nothing. Everything that we have is stuff that's been given to us by him. But we're all he's got. Yeah. Wow. What does that say? That says that we're, you know what? That says a lot for him. I mean, as far as I know, we're all he's got. He may have several other planets going that never fail, and we're their Thursday night reality program for all I know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But I do know this. He loves us. Yeah, there's there's nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. I know. Isn't that a great one? To know him is to love him. But, boy, he sure has a bad reputation. But, you know, if you ask people, if you ask some atheist friend of yours, and I've met, I've got a few myself, or someone who's really angry with the religious right, you'll, you'll hear bigot, mean-spirited, Words that I wouldn't want anybody to say about me, especially if they didn't know me. And yet this is the conclusion they've come to. Not loving, kind, compassionate, none of that. So what happened? Because these people, these people don't have a problem with Jesus. Well, I think the real problem is we've mixed politics and religion, and when you do, you make both impotent. Because they're two different kingdoms. They're two, listen, the kingdom of this world is nothing like the kingdom of our God. Nothing. I mean, it's all backwards. And the kingdom of God, to live, you got to die. To win, you have to lose. To be first, you have to be last. 
to get, you got to give. It's like backing up a trailer. No matter, have you ever backed up a trailer? Well, whichever way you think to go, do the opposite, and you're probably right. Uh huh. Same way with the kingdom of God. When your knee-jerk reaction is to hit back, don't. And eventually, that will become a habit, and it will become the high road. I saw that with Bill Gaither. I never saw him hit back, and a lot of people took pot shots at him while I was there, and I saw it, and I saw how he reacted, and I saw a knee-jerk reaction of grace, and I wanted that. But he's human, too, now. I mean, he's, listen, he's a human. I'm not setting him up on no pedestal. When I first joined the Gaither vocal band in 1988, he had already had his big heyday with the trio. He'd had a huge career. And then it was kind of dead in the water. And I joined the group, and to hear him tell it, we are on the cusp of something big. I've never been around a more positive person. There may be only 400 people in the audience when I joined the group. Sometimes it felt like we had more on stage than were in the audience. But he knew, and I believed it. And and then, okay, then the crowds did start coming, 18, 19, 20,000. Well, one night, I saw a side of Bill I didn't like. He started bragging about the crowds. And uh, I'd never seen that before, but it was the human side. He started thinking, you know, really kind of thinking more of himself than he should. And uh-huh. I said, well, Hitler had a crowd. Well, what did he say? Uh, and Well, he it shut him up. And and he, he used that. <laughs> I'd hear him using it later. <laughs> I want to, when I kick that golden gate open one day and walk in, I'm going to scream, I'm home and aren't y'all glad? And I expect a welcome. I'm not going to go crawling in on my hands and knees like some unworthy freak. I am a freak, but I'm worthy because he said so. That's the right. pot doesn't get to tell the potter what the pot's worth. And he thought I was worth dying for. Isn't that something? Who couldn't love that God? He doesn't ask me to die for him. He died for me. He doesn't ask me to fly into buildings and get me 70 virgins. What are you going to do with 70 virgins? <laughs> What are you going to do with 70 virgins? Then you got 70 mothers-in-law. <laughs> there you go. And like Robin Williams says, it isn't 70 virgins. They're going to be so surprised when they get there, and it's 70 Virginians. <laughs> but my whole thing is that I believe God loves them, too. I really do. I do, too. I think they're thirsty, but they're drinking at the wrong well. And if they ever get a sip of grace... Let me tell you, when your mind has been expanded by grace, there ain't no going back. And I, uh, the only thing that I believe totally, I believe that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in believing that and choosing to believe it, I've had no Damascus Road experience. I've never seen a miracle or an angel or, or nothing. I have to walk by faith. I, 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 but if I saw a miracle, I couldn't believe any more than I do. Exactly. I would think, yeah. That didn't surprise me. Yeah. God said he could do it. Therefore, I guess he can. Yeah. I became a, a Christian in a Southern Baptist church when I was a teenager. And so, you know, my, my background is very similar to yours. And it surprised me when I uh, got married, moved away, and I moved to a small town that did not have a Baptist church in town. There was a community church. And when I went to that community church, I found out that you could be something other than a Baptist yeah. and be saved. And love the Lord. Well, you know, God couldn't pastor a Baptist church. Oh, why is that? Because he's been divorced. Jeremiah 3 8. Jeremiah 3 8. God divorced Israel. That's right. That's right. We got the standard so high, even God can't keep it. And the, <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. As it happens to be right now, um, I, I attend a, an Assemblies of God church, a Pentecostal church. 
And so, you know, I'm not a Baptist, I'm not a Pentecostal, I'm what they call a Bapticostal. You know, I'm not anything anymore. I'm a, I want to be a follower of Christ. There you go. And wherever that exactly ends up, right. I want to go, man. Yeah. I'd rather be in the valley holding his hand than be on the mountain looking around wondering where he was. Mm, yeah, no kidding. Man, well, it, I'm I, telling you, he's that great. Yeah. And either I am right or I am delusional. Well, if it's a delusion, uh, which I don't believe it is, um, it's it's a wonderful delusion because it really is because it's made me like people. Yeah, you know, I've heard I'd love I, I would love the ministry if it weren't weren't for people. <laughs> I've said that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone say that. I thought, isn't that funny? Yeah. But when I realized that we are the image of God on legs, the broken image, we all fell in the fall. We got broke. Yeah. But we, everybody's got some God in them. Because everybody, even Hitler was his image. Because he said so. Mm -hmm. I didn't say this. God created man in his image. There was, there was some, I'm not saying Hitler's in heaven. I don't know where Hitler is. And, and if I had my choice, he's in a real hot spot. Yeah. Because I don't like him. But I don't know how gracious, I do not really know how gracious grace is. I'm sure that, that when we get there, we're going to be completely blown away by God's grace because we have such a limited ability to understand God anyway. And then you've got this thing called grace that makes absolutely no sense to the human mind. Golly, what's it going to actually be like when we see him face to face? And just think about this. You being evil, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more does your father? I mean, he tried to tell us that God is good. That he wants to bless us. And I don't mean financially. Right. I, you know, I, I'm not one of these uh, name it, claim it, because it didn't work in Haiti. Mm, yeah, no kidding. There's some godly people living in shacks in Haiti. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I don't, I, I can't buy that. It, that works in America. I think that has just, has got to be an exclusively American uh, doctrine, the yeah. name it and claim it type stuff. Yeah, it's got to be. And you know what? Right now, there's there are battles going on in Lebanon, and many of the people that live in Lebanon are Christians. I know, and Palestine too. Yes. And in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, nor Gentile, nor male, nor female. There, he leveled the ground. Yeah. And he loves the Palestinians as much as he loves the Israelites, and as much as he loves me and you. Yes. And, and, and um, so that whole war thing is confusing to me. But it, I know this. All I know about the war is this. My my leader said this. If you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. My leader, the one I'm following, Jesus Christ, said this. Blessed are the peacemakers. I I got to wrestle with those scriptures before I, before I can I can be for war. I mean, Jesus could have defended himself, but he died. He let them kill him. Well, Mark, tell me, what was it that brought you to the destination? Do you remember what? I'm not what, there yet, or you <laughs> wouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though. I mean, you've you've met Jesus. He's a part of your life. Well, I, you know, I fell in love with him the day my mama told me about him. When um, was that? Well, I don't even remember how old I was. I mean, I've I've heard that name all my life. Now, June fifth, nineteen seventy three, is the day that I asked him to really take over that I'm yours now we're, we're this is a real deal I'm not you know just because you're born into a Christian family doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born into a McDonald's will make you a Big Mac uh -huh. it didn't work that way you know God has no grandchildren so I discovered him for myself 
uh, at camp, church camp. And then that, but that was just the beginning. I mean, it's been a complete journey from glory to glory, as Paul calls it, or from lily pad to lily pad, as Anne Lamott calls it. But my, um, my mom and I believe in the same God. It's so funny because we believe in the same God, but we argue about that God. No wonder the world can't get along with different gods fighting each other because my mom and I both love Jesus and we have different views of him. She still has the view of, of fear, she, a lot of fear based. And, and I just absolutely, how can you fear someone who loves you that much? Yeah. I don't fear God. Okay. And Mama says, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I said, but Mama, perfect love casts out fear. You know, I feared my dad when I was a child because he could tear up my bottom. But now I respect him and love him and admire him and cherish his wisdom. I don't fear him. And I don't fear God. Now, I may be wrong. And I told, in fact, we got in such a heated argument, me and Mama, and we love doing this. Some people would really find, think I was being disrespectful, but we're, I'm not. She loves it too. You know, we, it's the rest. Anyway, so she turned around and said, are you even saved? And I said, Mama, I've loved him since the day you told me about him. The truth is, I'm a Christian agnostic. I believe, but I don't know. But the things that you believe are the things that uh, bring you close to him. You believe yeah. you believe that he died for you. Oh yes, and uh, you accept that gift, and and I th- yeah. I believe, that and that's I chose what to believe it. Yes. See, what a lot of people don't realize is, I just they think they got to have some big experience. Just choose it. Mm-hmm. I chose it. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is the one I'm going to follow, and in the choosing, it has blown my mind the whole trip, because every night in concert, I see him show up. Mm. I have no idea what I'm going to say till I get out there. I'm scared to death before my foot hits the stage. I'm thinking he might not show up. I'm begging him to go with me. I do not have a certain routine I do every night. I know what the first three songs will be, and I think I know what the last song will be, but I have no idea what kind of rabbit trail we're going to run down to get there. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, that, that's going by faith. Or, or laziness <laughs> that I haven't prepared, but, but it seems to work. And I just get out there like I've done with you. I feel like I'm talking to a friend, and I talk to the audience about whatever I'm thinking about, and then I'll sing a song to go with it. And, the, and see, that way the singers that travel with me, they don't get bored because they never know what's coming next. But neither do I. Well, now, you, you've taken some time off this summer, haven't you? Yeah, I do that every summer. I, since I left the vocal band, I said, you know, there's more about life than working. Mm. And besides, if you don't have a life, what are you going to say when you are working? And so I take the summers off. And I do my podcast. I've done that. I try to do one every day, which will which will abruptly stop when I start working again. That, that's pretty amazing, though. You started doing your podcast in the middle of May, and you've already done fifty of them. Well, they're only what two or three minutes. Yeah, five minutes. That's a lot. And I've had one person say, "Mark, these are starting to be about as entertaining as watching paint dry." <laughs> <laughs> and I deleted. I deleted her comment. I think you should. <laughs> Well, no, you do everything from uh, showing your, your, your doggies to uh, going down and picking out your glasses to going to the cafeteria. I mean, how much more entertainment value do they want for free? Come on. Really? Um, that's a good thing to say about <laughs> it. It's free. You seem to have a, a great relationship with fans. I mean, you, you, you really share your life with them. I mean, you get right up close to that camera when you buzzed your hair. And, uh, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people in, quote, unquote, show business that, you know, always want to be looking pretty. I never have been pretty. 
When you're ugly from the get-go, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> it's fun watching pretty people age. Yeah. The ugly people win in the end, let me tell you. Because when you go back to your high school reunion, 25th year, and you've never had a facelift, and all those sock monkeys are walking around <laughs> that that have tried to hold on to the beauty of their youth, uh -huh. man, I got nothing to look back on that really attract. Was that all attractive? So I, I don't mind not. You know, I don't put on makeup before I do my podcast. I don't check what shirt I'm wearing. I don't care what shirt. I just make sure I'm clothed. Uh, well, clothing is is kind of important. Well, yeah, when you look like me. <laughs> but it, seriously, that was, I'm kidding. I, I don't really have that bad of a self-image. But I don't have that good of one enough to worry with it either. I, it just never crosses my mind that I shouldn't shave my head on my podcast. Well, I did that last year, and... Uh... My my wife said, you know what, you gotta let that hair grow back, buddy. Your your head is not that good looking. Yeah, that's what my wife told me. So I heard that too, but from other people, you know. Well, I noticed it is growing back a little bit on your show today. It looked like you had a little bit more coming on there. Yeah, it's, I haven't cut it since then. I'm gonna let it grow back, and but I just wanted to for the summer because it's you know I broke my leg. Yeah, March sixth, and uh, so I've had to learn to walk again and everything. So tell us about your breaking of your leg. What happened? Well, I was on a motorcycle, not wearing a helmet, because in Texas we don't care about our stupid people. <laughs> we let people ride around with, and I was only going a mile. I always wore my helmet before. I would never recommend anyone doing that, even if it is legal, because I really should be dead. The only thing I remember hitting the road was my head. I don't remember my leg touching the ground. Right. And I never went unconscious. I did lose my hearing for about thirty seconds. It sounded like a cantaloupe hitting the pavement. Hmm. And I thought all I did was have a couple of stitches. You know, I could tell I was bleeding. And someone stopped and said, do you need an ambulance? And I said, I don't think so. And they said, well, we've already called one. And then I tried to stand up and realized I did need an ambulance because it looked like my knee was on the wrong side of my leg. Mm. So now I've got listeners that are motorcycle riders. I've got a forum, and we have a thread in there about motorcycles. So everybody's going to want to know what kind of a motorcycle is it. Well, it was a moped with an attitude, <laughs> a Honda Silverwing. Now, you mentioned on your podcast that uh, you were going to give it away. I, I sold it. I sold it on eBay and gave the money to cancer kids. Uh -huh. and so it was kind of like giving it away. But I couldn't think of anybody I hated enough to give it to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I really did. I was going to give it to someone. And I thought, nah, I can't do that. Uh -huh. I, I don't hate them that much. But it's been an incredible journey. You know what? I wouldn't have missed it for nothing, really. I wouldn't want to do it again, but it made me slow down to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. It made me slow down and think about some things I've been thinking about mm -hmm. that I'm talking about on the podcast. Um, so to me, life is all about the journey. And things that look like brick walls are nothing but speed bumps. That's mm. all they are. They're speed bumps on the trip. They got your attention. Yeah. But you would never have even remembered March 6, 2006, had I not. I would never remember that date had I not crashed on it. Right. Well, it kind of but, it kind of brought an interruption into your life, didn't it? Yeah. God is in the interruptions, I think. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, you know, Gloria Gaither said that to me one day, and I didn't really know what she meant. And then she explained it, and I started thinking about it, and I thought, Good night, isn't that the truth? My life's been one interruption. I was an interruption to my family. I was an ADHD kid. They didn't know what was going on. And then um, I was interrupted by Jesus when I was, you know, 14. 
And then I've been interrupted by him a lot since because he does consume a lot of my thoughts. But interruptions are all through the Bible. Jesus was walking down the road one day. We don't know where he was going. But we remember the woman with the issue of blood who interrupted his journey and was healed. And she made the Bible. Where he was going didn't even make the Bible. He was preaching one day. Here's God preaching. We don't know what he's preaching about because it didn't make the Bible. Nobody was taking notes. But they sawed through the roof and let a crippled guy down in front of him, and he healed him, and that made the Bible. And it's just one interruption after another. You know, in the Old Testament, wrestling with the angel. That guy thought he was wrestling with a pickpocket all night. He was interrupted. But it was God he was wrestling with. And... um it just seems to me like, and I look through my life and I think of the, the things that have happened. 1978, I broke 11 bones in a car wreck. That was an interruption, but oh, what I learned from that. Um, every, the other night I was sitting on my back porch alone, uh, working on my computer, and a friend of mine walked up and, uh, who had been drinking a little bit because she, she'd gone through a real problem with her husband and, and, uh, and she really interrupted me. Need, needed to talk, and I didn't want to talk. I wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And it was like God spoke to me and said, I'm in the interruptions. Of course, it wasn't audibly. God never speaks to me audibly because, you know, I couldn't handle it. I'm Baptist. Uh -huh. I was raised Baptist. He didn't speak to us audibly. But it was louder than that. It was in my mind. And I, and I remembered that, and I shut my computer, and I talked to her. And it was on Father's Day. It was her first Father's Day that her dad had not been alive uh, and her, now her husband was really the father of the family, and they're having trouble. And it was just a sad situation. And I, and I, she said, what should I do? You're always talking about God and Jesus. Tell me, do you have anything for me? And, oh, man, that, like, that killed me. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, I do, I think. And I started making stuff up right then. <laughs> um, I, said, I said, does he want to work it out? And she said, yeah, he does. I said, do you want to work it out? They'd been married 26 years. She said, yeah, I do. I said, well, then go home and work it out. And she got up and left, went home, worked it out. I haven't heard from her since. I guess they're okay. But it was so odd. I didn't say anything like, and thou sayest thou, then thou must go rise, arise, and go home. <laughs> just like the only thing that popped in my mind was, hey, does he want to work this out? If she'd said no, I'd have gone to something else. But she said yes to my surprise, and then yes to the other question: Does he? Do you want to work it out? And the obvious thing is, what are you doing here? And then I got to go back to work. And it was so. It was. It was interesting. In that interruption, God showed up and gave you the words to say to her to make her to go back home and yeah. work it out. Yeah. You know, that's you, you said uh, when I heard you talk about this the first time that you hate to be interrupted and, and you still um, struggle with that. And I'm the same way. I am such a focused guy that, you know, when I'm in here in my, in my office working on my computer and my little kid comes in and says, hey, daddy, let's go play. My first reaction is always, no, I'm busy right now. I'll do it later. Oh, man. When I realize what I'm saying to my kid, I just, you know, want to kick myself. Yeah. Because, golly. Well, you know why. Because there's coming a day when he won't. Exactly. Yeah. And you will have missed the one day he wanted to. Yep. And uh, Gloria talks about that. She was washing the dishes one day, and Benji was about four, came running in the kitchen. Mama, Mama, come here, come here. I can't. I'm doing the dishes. Mama, you're going to miss it. Come here. And so she went with him 
forgot the dishes, like they're important, uh-huh. and went out with her son and saw the most beautiful sunset. Uh-huh. And they watched it together. Yeah. And she said, I almost missed the sunset. Yeah. And that'll never happen again quite like that one. Well, Mark, we have been talking for a very long time, my friend. And we have. I just noticed that. I thank you so much. It didn't feel long, though. No, it, well, not to me either. I'd love to be able to talk to you again sometime. Well, let's do it. Any time you want to. This has been fun. I love Skype. Everybody needs to get on Skype. Mark, I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Anytime. This has been a lot of fun. And, you know, I just pray that God will continue that healing in your knee. And uh, that he'll just just bless you real good, as they say. And I wish the same thing for you and your family. Well, thank you, Mark. How hot is it there today? It's not as hot as hell, (laughs) but um, it's pretty hot. It is so hot. But it's humid, too, you know. Houston is so humid that um, even Pentecostals don't want to lift their arms around here. (laughs) It's something. That's that's really hot for that. That's hot. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless you. You too. God bless. Well, thank you, Mark, for a great conversation. Now, be sure to check out Mark's website at marklowry.com or his video podcast at the iTunes Store. Just search for Mark Lowry in the iTunes Podcast Directory. Also, of course, I'll have links at lifespringpodcast.com. Thank you for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as I did talking to Mark and, and putting this show together. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy, and um, I really, really think that you ought to go out there and buy a whole bunch of Mark Lowry DVDs. So thanks for joining me today. I'm Steve Webb. I'll see you next time. God bless you. I'm going to find me five smooth stones and I'll play a while with my sling. I'm going to challenge that devil in the name of the Lord. And when he's dead, I'll take his sword, chop off his head, and let the world know Jehovah is the Lord. But his brother said, David, listen, you ain't... This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.